You awaken in a cold sweat. Your heart races and your breath quickens. It's 3 a.m. and you're not alone. Something lurks in the corner of the room and it's darker than the night. You're deep in the woods, enjoying a family camping trip. Marshmallows roast and laughs are shared until something screams from behind the rig. It's neither human nor animal, but something in between. You can't see it, but it sees you. You're driving down a dark, lonely road, singing along to your favorite song, when something dressed in white crosses your path. You swerve to an immediate stop and check your rearview mirror, but nothing's there. The people are real, and the stories are legend. The problem is that legends are often riddled in myth. We uncover the truth. Tune in to Paratruth Radio every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NewLanternMedia.com and anywhere podcasts are found. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart. I'm your host, Kat Ward. You can find new episodes on the second and last Sunday of each month on Podbean, YouTube, New Lantern Media, and any place you find fine podcasts. If you've had paranormal encounters you'd like to share, you can either be a guest on the show, or you can submit them in writing, and I'll be happy to narrate your story. Just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. This episode shout-out goes to my beautiful listeners in Colombia. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show, and much love to you all. In episode 60, my special guest is Canadian Haunting and Paranormal Society, or CHAPS, founder Dave Gibb. Dave has been investigating since 1994 and formally formed CHAPS in 2005. Raised in the Spiritualist Church, he has ties to that world, but has chosen to rely on the more pragmatic style of research use of logic. Dave has led the team on hundreds of investigations with numerous team partnerships including across Ontario, Northeast and Mid-United States, and overseas. Since 2008, CHAPS has been a proud TAPS family member. I introduce to you Dave Gibb. Hey Dave, welcome to Paranormal Heart. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm Glad that we're able to finally make this happen. Like the listeners know, there's always some kind of a tech issue going on, and <laughs> we, this is the second attempt, I think, or second third. Or third. Second yeah. Or third. Yeah, I think it's the third attempt. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. 
like I said before, paranormal podcasts always seem to have uh, troubles like that. But mm-hmm. we finally made it. So for those, of, for those of you who don't know Dave, um, he has a great team called Chaps. So if you wanted to start talking about uh, your team and what you guys do, where you're located, and uh, we'll just take it from there. Okay. Well, I mean, the Canadian Haunting and Paranormal Society, uh, we founded it in 2005, was founded in Pembroke. Um, you know, the first number of years we ran it, it was out of the Ottawa Valley. And then I moved down to the Toronto area, so I opened up uh, my office down here. Uh, both uh, both still exist, uh, both still active as, as long as COVID allows uh, at this point in time. But, you know, we're just, we just celebrated our 16th anniversary a couple days ago. I saw that. Happy uh, anniversary. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome that uh, we've been able to make it so far. Um, Generally speaking, we, we do cover, well, we used to do a lot more in southwestern Ontario, but I, I, I might might refer some of those cases, but we generally do do Ontario uh, and the northeastern seaboard in the United States to some of the Midwest, uh, depending on uh, travel. Uh, we do, uh, when obviously when the borders were open, we'd travel a number of times down to the United States to investigate out of uh, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia. Uh, you know, uh, meeting up with the other TAPS family teams. <clears throat> we are a member of the TAPS family, uh, which does kind of allow us uh, a little bit of access in some places and certainly a bevy of teams that we can cross-mingle with. Um, that's been a highlight of, uh, of, you know, the last 16 years being able to... I, I really, really uh, put a lot of emphasis on on co, co-investigative efforts, collaborative efforts with other teams uh, I mean, certainly you can find by working with teams around your area uh, who may have less than or better than or whatever methodology, uh, it, whether that turns out to be a, a possible coaching opportunity uh, or certainly uh, where, where you, you know, a learning opportunity. Um, you know, we've handled just, I think we're just in excess of 500 cases at this point in time. Um, I know that we've got about 300 videos on YouTube of them, so, uh, you know, and, and have had uh, good luck in the way that we've gone, we've gone overseas uh, to meet with other teams as well. When I was the international director for TAPS, um, you know, we, we met and traveled to meet the teams all across the United States and overseas. So it's, uh, let's just say it was incredibly busy until COVID shut all this stuff down. I would imagine. Blasted COVID. How? Go ahead. I say we were averaging about 72 cases a year. Wow. And now it's like six. Oh, jeez. In the last two. (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah. COVID's pretty much put a kibosh on everything. Mm -hmm. How how different is it investigating in other countries compared to to your home uh, province and country? Well, um... I guess it all depends on the team that you're with. I mean, when we investigate in the United States, which is generally the other end of it, you're, we go down there to do, we're not really going down there for residential, we're going down there for the commercial properties. Uh, you know, that can that can change, like that's, that's such a, a broad spectrum. Uh, and the teams down there, like, I guess maybe, because we're traveling to, to go to work with a team, I'm gonna wanna, I wanna, I kinda wanna vet them first so that 
I'm not showing up for a gong show. Uh, so generally, it's a good technical one. Um, I know that, say, when we investigate in um, Ohio or uh, uh, say we did some investigations down in Arkansas and Oklahoma uh, and, and Kansas, uh, the teams that we know down there are very much like us. They're, they're pragmatists. Um, I don't I don't deal with teams that have a lot of mediums in that noise. That's not because I don't like mediums. It's just they're more practical. Uh, and then, say, when we go down to uh, Virginia, we were working with CPRI. Uh, they're actually scientists. So it was, it was a big shock for us because they were the ones saying to us, what are you doing? You know, because we were going in, we were, we were, you know, for example, we were investigating Bacon's Castle. It's like, like one of the oldest, it's the oldest castle type structure, I guess. I don't know what they said, but it's in the United States. It's, it used to be a plantation. And uh, I went in to do an EVP session. And they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm, I, I, I'm going in to do an EVP session. But they do most of their work by data loggers like they have i'll probably tell you probably 60 60 60 dvr cameras going and they've probably got 30 data loggers in the building uh that are doing all 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 the all the stuff the edi does plus um and that's how they measure things they measure things based off of uh you know magnetic trends and whatever um now i think they're doing a bit bit of the evp sessions work now that they they saw us do it i think think um you know so it's it's different um overseas uh obviously we're going into much more historic properties uh and a lot of it uh, can't be touched the same way um and they're very technical uh and when we see the them do it in the uk like with most haunted they're very very dramatic but uh the teams i've met over there aren't uh aren't dramatic they're they're quite technical um it any team that's put it this way any team that's maybe large enough to that another team across the world can hear about you mm-hmm. uh probably has some methodology behind them um it's normally the team that's been around for six months that uh, are just getting their feet wet that are yeah well look we started off that way too right i mean when when i started things in 2005 you know we were still getting freaked out because the first time, you know, you'd ever really vision, use night vision. And then, you know, you see orbs and you're like, holy crap. Um, and then, you know, every noise was amazing. And you're, you, we were investigating like, our own barns and all that kind of stuff. Um, things were more dramatic at the time. And, and there's a part of me that kind of misses the reaction even I would have to things. Yeah. Even though I, I've been investigating for 10 years prior to that. Um, but but it was such a barrage that was coming at us. Only fortunately that you know within a few investigations, uh, you, you, I kind of started experimenting with things to create these optical effects. So that you know, I know like I, by the time we had done, we I think we were doing a, a pub down in Ashton, and uh, we created a bunch of orbs up in the attic. And uh, you know that was like that was like your defining moment as a team and kind of went, okay, all right, never mind. You know, um, you know, I, I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to video and, and, uh, pictorial, 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 <laughs> pictorial <laughs> evidence. Uh, you know, I've got about 3000 pictures on my website and I've never taken a paranormal picture. Never. Um, 
to me, you know, pictures are document documenting what it looked like, and and really to put on the Facebook page for people to see what we're doing. It's, you know, and video we don't really use to catch evidence. We use it to uh, to debunk. You know, like we 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 film in that third person, so we're filming the actual session being held, so that when you hear that, you know, whatever noise it might be, you can see the person's mouth or or that second thought that oh wait that was actually their stomach growling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I focus obviously on uh, majority is uh, audio. Like I said before, we uh, started recording the first time I met you was um i forget the year you had your first chaps public investigation at the champlain trail museum and you guys were blown away because there was 98 of us that showed up and you're like holy crap how are we not going to contaminate evidence with 98 people plus the team so you had to split us up in, in four teams and i wasn't a member of any team at the time um a friend of mine that I was working with told me what you guys were doing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, I watched Most Haunted and everything. And I was like, yeah. yep, got to go. So I went with my one of my coworkers and her husband, and I really, I have to say, I kind of, because of you, in, implement this when I investigate now, because I really liked how you were explaining to everyone about um, know your equipment, know what it can do, um, these are not ghost um, detecting pieces of equipment. These are like EMF. It's not a ghost detector. It's an EMF detector, you know, things like that. And I yeah. thought, wow, it's, you know, I knew it wasn't, the real thing wasn't like the TV shows, but I really no. didn't know. So you, you gave a great, um, you educated everyone. And I really, really liked your approach to investigating and everything that goes bump in the night isn't necessarily paranormal, you know? No. And, uh, and I really, I really like that. Like look further, whatever your evidence that you're getting, okay, you're getting some hits on your equipment, but look further, like, why are you getting these hits? So, um, Mm -hmm. like I said, I, I'm still learning a lot, even with the team that I'm now, and I've learned a lot with them, but the basics, I think I learned from you and thank you for that. Um, you're not full of BS. (laughs) You're knowledgeable. (laughs) And, um, I I really like that. So, uh, and I have to tell you a little uh, piece of uh, a little tidbit here. Uh, my friend and I, when the team that we were with, we were in the uh, schoolhouse at the time and everybody was going around asking questions, taking our turns with, uh, doing an, um, EVP session. And for whatever reason, my friend's husband, when it came to him, everybody was asking the same questions. Do you know you're dead? You know, things like that. Not my friend's husband. He says, do you like pie? You could have heard a ghost fart, I think, because nobody said a word. Nobody moved. We couldn't look at anybody because we would have just started laughing. For whatever reason, that I still ask that question sometimes. So once we let... like. When we left the building, everybody starts to laugh, right? It's like, we're trying so yeah. hard. It's like, don't look at anybody. Don't look at anybody. And, uh, yeah, when we got in the car, we could, the tears were rolling. <laughs> like, it, it was so funny. Yeah. But, no, that was really, well, um, I had really enjoyed that. It was all, And then, uh, obviously, I got into it after that. So Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's kind of funny because it's oddly that the questions that are off the mark are really kind of the ones that are going to incite something. If we've got to think about the spirit as being what we 
car or whatever bypass, then, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole, the whole, you know, standard 10 questions you're going to ask, which you've got to ask anyway, but, uh, you know, they kind of want conversation, which is we catch most of our EVP uh, that we've gotten most times is as a result of just, okay, you know what, we're just going to, we're just going to put the zoom down for a second and we're just going to take a break. That's when we get it, you know, because it's like they want to join in on regular conversation. Um, you know what? It, I mean, you kind of got to ask because it's, it's like, it's like controlled conditioning. You, you kind of got to ask the questions, yeah. but I rarely ever get get answers off of it, frankly. Um, you know, and, and you got to tickle and play with different things. Like, you know, i right now I'm working with tone generation, working with uh, different sounds that might spark it, working on a responsive, uh, responsive hunt where it, you know, it's, it's, it's coming at a certain level of sound or, or something. Uh, keep on experimenting, keep on experimenting, and, and frankly, using different people to talk because they might just not like you. Yep. Um, and there's there's times when I'll have my wife talk because maybe they don't want to hear a male voice. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, my young, like I've, I've had investigations where I've brought, we had an investigation where it was a supposed to have been a distraught child, um, and there was two autistic children that lived in the home. So it was creating quite a, a maelstrom, and I brought my at the time. Uh, how Fiona was about thirteen at the time. And I, I brought her. Now, Fiona had 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 her problems when she was younger, so I thought this this really was a key uh, key vibe, a key trigger, mm-hmm. like a live trigger. You know, you're going to bring somebody who could actually talk to them eye to eye. You know, like you know, if I'm talking to another child here, I'm a child. Uh, I, I, I got a bit of flack on that one for using a kid, but, uh, my kids grew up with it, but, uh, but you kind of got to do what you got to do. Uh, you know, that's like trigger objects. Sometimes, sometimes they do, you know, like, you know, I, Boo Bear is the single most expensive teddy bear on the planet. I wouldn't, why I would spend 170 bucks on a bear, but I got to be honest with you. I've had probably five or six investigations where, um, it has spurned a response. Um, now that being said, I, I find it humorous. However, when people believe that the boo bear is talking to them as an investigator, uh, you know, you have to re-explain that. No, these are these are just random words that are coming out of this thing's mouth. It's not mm-hmm. talking to you. Um, but I do see that sometimes on the show. If they, I've seen a show where they've used boo bear, and you know, the investigator is having a conversation with a stuffed animal, and I'm like, <laughs> no, with a trigger object, set it up and then leave put your audio and your video on and go outside have a cigarette drink a beer whatever well, not a beer that's during investigation but <laughs> have a coffee let it do its job right and uh, that's what they do you know you got to have that quiet time too let let the trigger object work mm-hmm. uh and it's happened uh, a couple times for me um it's not really overly scientific but you know there's there's a trend that i've had a few investigations that have been much a much more different outcome just simply because i've got something there that possibly it's it's responding to whether it's because we're not there i don't know but uh you know we've we've you know we've got one investigation we've we've done this home probably seven times now and there was a child that was murdered there Mm. like seven years ago and the boo bear you know counting one two three and then we got four well, it doesn't go to four. 
And that same invest yeah, that same investigation, we were playing a mock game of hide and seek. We thought yeah. this is a child that we're dealing with. Yeah. So you know, uh, Phil, he's one of my investigators. He's very animated. You know, and he's I'm coming up to get you. I'm coming up to get you. And what we got on the audio was, can't find me. That's awesome. And we had it placed right right where a set of drapes was and, and all that. So maybe it was, I don't know. But, uh, you know, we've consistently gotten audio audio results of like a 1A one, one classification, multisyllabic. Uh, it has everything to do with what the case was. Uh, and I think that's, that's and I'm, I'm dribbling on, but I think that's one thing some people need to think about when they're collecting audio evidence is how much relevance does what you're getting in audio mean to the case. You know, A, is it clear? Do you have to uh, expunge it? Do you have to clean it up? Or can you just hear it? Is it multi-syllable? Or is it just a scurfing noise, which could really be anything? And does it have relevance, right? So, you know, this particular case, it was a child. He was, I think, well, he was under 10. And he was murdered by his babysitter. Oh, and, man. like, oh, yeah. And it's it's an interesting case because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a culture divide case, too. Um, the young, the young child, uh, the young child was black. The father in the family is black. Everybody else is white. The only person in the family that gets any, any like, scares of communication is the father. So of course we have to look in now. Is this now because there's a correlation that this young child might see somebody that looks like him, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to everybody else. And is this why? Um, you know what? I don't know. But like, it, it was just so interesting that the all the responses we're getting were of a child, mm -hmm. and of a child that was responding exactly to what we were asking, and acting like a child, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, we've been back there a number of times. We'll go back once all this is done. We'll be investigating there as long as they're there. Uh, much like when we investigated Ashmore Estates in the States, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a poor house. There was a young child. Robin Terry has done an amazing job of documenting stuff there and actually has the newspaper articles available for you there was a child that died there did catch fire her dress caught fire uh, and this location uh, probably one of the top three places we've ever done is like it's in the middle of a farmer's field it's it is nowhere near nothing and when you investigate there you rent the building for a couple of days at a time and he's got cabins out there so you show up on a thursday you investigate sunday you're there 24 hours a day, right? And it's yeah. great. But, like, we were getting, like, children yelling back and forth at each other at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we were getting a piano being played. Uh, was there a piano one. there? there oh, oh, wow. There is a piano. No, there is a piano there. But the audio we were getting was in the room that the piano actually was in. Like, the piano was in one room for display. Mm -hmm. But the audio for the piano playing was in another room where the piano actually existed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, superb huh. place. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So I, I digress. Keep going. No, no, no. No, you're doing great. Where are you in... There's a lot of people that believe that you should ask questions in different languages depending where you're investigating. Do you, do you feel that uh, they can understand any language or does it help actually speaking, say... Uh, German if there's a, a big German uh, population around? Well, 
yeah, that, that's got a couple sides to it as far as I'm concerned. One is I, I don't know if they're just responding to your energy. So it could just be babblefish and then they give you words. Uh, two, uh, definitely we, we have, like, we go into work, we have French-speaking people on our team that will do it in French. Uh, matter of fact, one of our guys does speak some German and uh, would do that. Most of our investigations have been in mostly uh, Anglo uh, areas uh, as far as language goes. Um, uh, but I, I think that it definitely would help the situation to have somebody that would speak the language. That's why I do find, look, I mean, like, you know, I know when they do all the, uh, the uh, inter international shows and, you know, they're investigating um, Dracula's castle. Maybe, just, oh, maybe, if you've passed on to the great beyond, you do have a good translator in your head. It's possible. Language, maybe it doesn't matter that much then. But in the same respect, I would think if you were speaking Romanian mm -hmm. or, or whatever, would, would be better and translated. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Most Haunted went and did a whole bunch of stuff in, in castles in Germany and uh, Austria and all that. And I'm thinking, well, you probably should have a native speaker, a native yeah. tongue around here. And even then, if you think about it, who they're trying to talk to, or even like when they're in, uh, you know, the close or in any any uh, cottage, uh, castle in England, they're talking in today's modern English. Yes. Now, you're talking English 500 years ago. Way uh, different. That's, that, yeah, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, it's like taking 10 different generations of French. I mean, it, it's they're different. You know, are you speaking like an Acadian French, a Creole kind of like slang, uh, you know, whatever. Um, so that's why you've also got to fill this with other kinds of experiments that you can draw trends from. You know, whether that be, uh, you know, if there's a trend of, of, of EMF coming from a place that doesn't show it, oh, I don't know, uh, creating... Um, stimuli to see if you at least get some kind of responsive reaction. Um, I know when we were investigating, um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of REM pods. Let's start that one off there. Don't like K2s, don't like REM pods, but I understand that they're, they're easy for some kind of immediate response that you can investigate further into it. Uh, and sometimes you need to have something that, that gives you a quick. And those are, those are what that are. Um, I just think that they're too they're too expensive for what they are. They're created for ghost hunting crowds, and it's I'm I'm a totally different topic matter when it comes to those that create devices, as is like the guys in the states. Um, anyway, we were at Shawshank. guys, we were at Shawshank uh, Prison, okay, um, Ohio Reformatory, and there was a cell where generally a, a guy had been. Uh, had been set on fire. He, he was denied parole or some noise like that. But I'm still kind of questioning that because the Mansfield Institution wasn't necessarily somebody you, place you would go for life. Uh, but regardless, there was a gentleman that set himself on fire. So we were down there with the with the Correctional Officers Paranormal Society. We were down there with Wes and has a lot of guys from cops. Awesome mm, because yep. we're in a prison with prison guards. Wes is a great guy. Wes is a superb guy. Yeah. Um, we had put uh, a thermal camera in that room along with a REM pod and audio and video. Uh, but we didn't want to be near it because we're going to, like, there's lots of metal and stuff that your body's going to reflect heat off of. So we went about 20 cells down and we were yelling. I had Wes do the yelling because he's, a, you know, a big mofo and he can yeah. holler with the best of them. 
you know, you answer me, answer me, and whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the uh, it was going off, the REM pod, say, turn that off, it would stop, turn it back on, go, and we were getting, we had recorded thermal increase uh, on the steel bed that was in there, it went from having no signature, a green, mm -hmm. to a red. Wow. Um, and luckily speaking, we were, you know, 70 feet away from it, mm -hmm. um, just didn't mire it up. Uh, so, obviously, if we're not going to get words, we need to use our noggins and try experiments. Not all experiments are going to work. And I have to I have to realize that there are t toys I don't like. Um, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the SLS, STS, Xbox, whatever we want to call it. If I see another person with a little door hanger person up in the corner when it's really just recognizing a door... Uh, or a little bug that's sitting on a table that they say is waving to you, I'll lose my mind. But I do understand that there's a necessity to test these devices so that you can understand for yourself what it is. Um, I had an SLS built for me so that I could beta test it, and I used mm -hmm. it on 200 investigations Wow! so that I could develop an actual opinion based on using it, right? Mm-hmm. And after 200 investigations, I got nothing of, of any real evidence. Uh, when people use the, the mobile ones, uh, also if they have to understand that the algorithm and it works, but you've got a IR sensor light that's weeble wobbling back and forth 100 times a second, and you're moving around, it's just looking for stuff to pick up to recognize as a human body. It's doing what it's supposed to be doing. It, it recognizes human body parts so that, you know, so if you move it around the room and it goes across a table leg, it's going to earmark that. And uh, and the problem is is that I could be wrong, but 85% of the time, that's what the case is. So am I going to use a device that only 15% of the time would it work? In a time of vaccines, if they said to you this vaccine is only going to work 2% of the time, you're not going to use it. Hmm. Hence the orb argument, right? 99% of orbs, there could be that 1% that is real. Yeah. But are you really going to base an investigation on a 1% chance that, that possibly could be? Same way I feel about some of these toys. But you but you still got to go out and, and you got to go out and play with them. I've played with the spirit box. I've played with all that. It's just not my gig. I'm just, I guess, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm over it. I guess maybe that, uh, oh no, my battery's dying. Um, oh no. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Um, yeah. I still got 20%. I still got 20%. Okay. Uh, I, I know that, I know that people need to learn and, and use those devices and get it. Um, it's, it's unfortunate when they base an entire investigation off of it. That scares me. Mm -hmm. uh, without anything else credible. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. There, I just went on a crazy tangent again. This is going to be a great show. You're just oh no, that's fine. This is this is have great. Have me bippling on about stuff. I'm just I'm getting old, you know. I just turned fifty, so it's like oh uh, yeah, I'm just that oh I'm that old man that's yelling at the clouds for being clouds. <laughs> well, I'm older than you, so. <laughs> well, then you understand. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so, what piece of equipment or toy, as you refer to, do you really like and have? been successful getting credible evidence um out of 26 years myself investigating hmm. my best toy 
Jesus, that's a tough gig. Um, <laughs> toys, toys, none. Uh, I like my proximity panels. They're kind of nice. Uh, they're high end, basically a high end uh, detector, but they've never really given me any results. I I just got to go to audio. That's it. You know what? I, I like know. my Zoom. I yeah. Like, I like my Zoom. I like my Tascam. Nice. And I like my my video camera and uh, your wits, right? Uh, you know, really, anything you need for an investigation should be able to fit into a shoulder bag. Mm-hmm. It really, and true. I mean, it's it's hard to take a team of people and, and only have a shoulder bag of equipment because somebody wants to hold something. But <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, my EMF detector, I've picked up some interesting anomalies, but a lot of that stuff break down. Uh, EDI plus, I kind of. I like like seeing the trends, but it's still again not something that's really given me anything. Yeah, I got to be honest with you, Cat. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't say that a toy. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a tr- like a, just a trigger object, sure. like a like a boo bear or anything. a pair of cat balls or whatever. Yeah, uh, have given me maybe a little bit of joy. My last investigation, I had a cat ball go from a static position to across a bed. That was kind of neat. I like that. Nice. Yeah. I actually have a little uh, dingly cat ball at my work because. Um, I feel there is a cat at my workplace, and when I mentioned to my coworkers, uh, who they all, they all know me, they know what I'm into, and I said, "Have you guys ever seen any anything weird?" And they they were talking about shadows, and it's about cat size, you know, and and so I said, "Well, I'd like to bring a cat toy in one of these days just to see if that's going to trigger anything." <laughs> Not yet, <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping when we, when we least expect it. Cats can be jerks anyway, so it probably yeah. is uh, not doing it just to bother you. Yeah, exactly. I have three of them, so yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if there's a piece of equipment that you feel should be um, created, what do you think it should be looking for? Like some people want to be able to see, uh, like have funky glasses so they can see in different spectrums. Oh, I just hit my mic, sorry. Um is there a piece of equipment you'd like to see someone invent? Hmm. I'm not that smart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nor am I. Yeah, I, I. Maybe I'm just so I'm so hell bent for the ones I've got. Yeah. Um, I I think I. I Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just better, better and better audio, better, uh, better, easier to use data logging, um, like. Cat, you got me stumped on that. <laughs> wow, I've, I've stumped a, you. Not as smart as I think I am. <laughs> I am. I, I feel so great now that I stumped you. <laughs> <laughs> Have I, you ever... I think honestly, I, I am just such a believer in in the audio mm-hmm. uh, that, that it's almost like to me it's the perfect tool. So. Mm-hmm. Have you? I recently started using. Um, uh, I used to be a ham radio operator, and I have a little bit of. Um, uh, Morris keys uh, for uh, a little collection and a friend of mine mentioned how her team they actually use Morse keys on investigations and I thought oh my god that's brilliant so we used it on one I didn't get anything have you do you have any tools like that um, dousing rods or um, old recorders you know reel to reel or anything like that uh, I'm trying I'm trying to get a decent uh, just a tabletop audio because mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to do some analog work mm-hmm. uh, again in the past. Obviously, that's how I started, uh, but I'd like to do it again. I think that um, 
the dowsing rods I, there's a video i did on dowsing rods um dowsing rods are interesting until you kind of like got to think about the autocratic body movement um i've actually never yeah, seen dowsing rods i like rods. some of the old school stuff i i, I miss i miss i miss watching when the tv used to go static and you'd record it and stop it you know uh, <laughs> that was that was like so 20 27 years ago for me um but but you know what it gave me a different kind of joy at that time <clears throat> which sometimes as a as you know as an experienced investigator once you start writing things off um that's something you know i wish maybe there was a secret pill i could take it would make me like lose my mind excited over hearing a knock on the wall again uh, because now you're so busy writing things off that you don't yeah. You know, you the go honeymoon phase is gone. Four hours later, you're like, "Yeah, well, nothing happened." Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you go back to your audio, and all of a sudden you've got like 19 hits on your machine, <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, it's maybe that would be that would be the device I would like. That would the device that would uh, make me make me freak out again, because that's what I want. I want to yeah. go to an investigation, and I want something to scare me absolutely bonkers. Uh oh. You, you've you've done it now. They're uh -huh. listening. They're going to try. <laughs> oh, please. You have please to let do. me know if it happens. <laughs> I will. <laughs> have you ever had any, um, what, let's see how I can word this. The dreaded D word where people think everything's demonic. Have you ever had any no. investigations? No. Yeah. No. No. Never had a demonic case. No. Don't believe I don't. I don't prescribe to it personally. Mm -hmm. Like I think, in order for that, like I'm. I'm a non-sectarian. I don't know whatever you call that. I grew up spiritualist, but I got to see a lot of the bad side of that, so it kind of pinned me against it. Um, and frankly, no. I've, I've. I've. You know, like when we were doing Waverly Hills, I remember we were doing the tour around Waverly Hills. You would have thought we were going to have a fight with the ghosty Hulk Hogan going on in there. <laughs> and you know what? That it was my my wife, uh, who's an investigator who she has no feelings. I'm not. She's sitting <laughs> behind me. I shouldn't say she have any feelings. Uh, but when we invest, she has no feelings when you investigate. She took off and she uh, went downstairs and got into the morgue trays, and went to sleep. No and way. And she slept down there for like three hours. You know what I mean? Wow. That's how much stuff is going on there. So unfortunately, uh, no, no, I just don't ever seem to get that nor do i get the the grumpy maintenance man it's in every building the nurse that commits suicide in every single hospital the doctor that killed somebody in every hospital the tall thin person in every single mental hospital uh you know like every place that exists that you rent all seem to have the exact same claim and stock character that they pull out of a book to put into there uh but nobody ever seems to be able to back up that fact and there always seems to be an autopsy room uh, that's something that's a personal pet peeve of mine. If you're going into an old folks' home, mm -hmm. there's not a bloody autopsy room. They don't do <laughs> autopsies at old folks' homes. All right, but well, it could whatever. be a secret room. Come there. on. <laughs> I'll take that back. No demonic. Nothing demonic. Nothing has ever okay. come out and bit me. I've never. Good. You know, I've had a I had a coffin lid fall off in front of me once. Uh, that was as scared as I've ever been. <laughs> and that was up. In, that was in Smith Falls. Oh wow. Uh, and, at the Heritage Manor, yeah, they were doing an exa uh, an exhibit of a uh, of a funeral, mm -hmm. and they had all uh, all that devices. And I was at that point in time starting to work down towards becoming a funeral director. 
And I didn't end up going that path, but I thought, you know what, this would be the perfect place. I'll do a solo here. I sent everybody outside to sit by the cars. And there's a basket that they would carry the yucky bodies in. Mm. And I felt it go past my face. And I said, well, that's kind of neat. So I sat down on the couch and I felt a depression next to my hip. And I'm like, that's really neat. Mm. I said, okay, so show me something here that you're with me. And the lid fell off the coffin. So I actually bolted out of the room, dislocated <laughs> my shoulder on the frame. Oh, and took, and, but, of course, I, I, yeah, I, re- I ran, even though I tell everybody else not to run. <laughs> I ran. Ironically enough, the DVR didn't work that night, so it didn't catch me doing it. Oh, oh. no. Yeah, that well, it's, it's okay. I don't, I don't mind that. It, my wife is the technical lead on the team, so mm-hmm. she probably just didn't set it up right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Blame her. <laughs> I will. I will. But that was that was that was that was that demon moment. But I think yeah. it was probably just sitting on it too lightly. What would you give as a piece of advice to people who want to start? Uh, investigating the paranormal, if any. Oh. Wow. Uh, A, watch my series on YouTube. Um, Probably, I want people, when they get together on a team, to be as pragmatic and focus on the basics. That's obviously first piece of advice. Like, stop listening to TV shows for, for your training. Um, understand that drama is going to occur. Don't think there's almost like forwarding. I remember, I remember when uh, Wes Coleman was sitting down with me talking about when he was forming tops and I was giving him some advice about donut shop in Trenton. (laughs) And I said to him, I said, dude, understand something. You're going to have drama. The four people that are with you right now aren't always going to be the coolest four people you're with. You have to have a leadership position. You have to have somebody who does this and this you know not everybody can be in charge the whole team can't all be equals it's just not plausible um i only say that because i'm a type a management type um but it's true it's going to happen and uh whether you like it or not there's going to be competition between some teams too you're going to grow as a team and you're going to see other teams that make your head shudder sometimes even then they've been around longer than you um so I, 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 could, I could give a hundred pieces of advice. I couldn't, I couldn't give one single piece because there's so many uh, avenues you've got to go down when you talk about doing this, mm-hmm. you know, in this research. You know? And don't make it that only one person, like don't do all the damn work yourself. No offense, most teams generally have about two people that do all the work. Everybody shows up for the cool investigation. But when it comes to actually doing all the research and all the evidence review, well, Oof, they're gone. Let's, you have a ghost let's team. get silly, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just had another question and it just okay. poof, gone. With such an amazing conversation, it's erasing your brain. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's it's the age, you know. It's it's catching up to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I understand that. So why don't you tell? Because uh, I think your batteries. How's your battery going right now? Uh, like at about six percent. Okay, we'll wrap <laughs> it up then. So why don't you tell the listeners where they can find any of your videos, how they can contact your team? 
we're real easy. Uh, if you go on uh, Instagram, you'll find, just look up Chaps Paranormal, all one word, Chaps, just like the leather things you wear without the butt. Uh, <laughs> go on YouTube, look up Chaps Paranormal, look up Chaps Paranormal on Google, you'll find our website, chapsparanormal.com. Uh, I know on uh, Twitter, it Twitter blatched me somewhere, uh, so now it's Chaps Paranormal Dave, but if you look up Chaps Paranormal, you'll still get my old YouTube uh, yeah, Twitter going on but I, i'm using a different handle on twitter uh and i think that's it i think we've we've leveled it off i think i think i might be on reddit as chaps paranormal as well but okay. I'm, I'm just just not not popular enough there yet mm. yeah i'm on reddit I too on but I, thing. I think you need to have more demons content for reddit <laughs> yes i do I do. yeah i need, I need to I need to be uh, tall and muscular and slick my hair back. And I can <laughs> now and start wearing a. Well, I guess I guess if you think about it, Zach's got things uh, years ahead of us because he's been wearing the, the face mask the for mask, a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he knew something we didn't. Maybe. Mm. Mm. Awesome. I'll have to ask him. Mm-hmm. Um, send him my way too. <laughs> I will do. I'll send him a message. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'll also be sending, adding links to the show notes so they don't really have to go searching for you. They can just go in the show notes, click, bam, there there you are. So, Awesome. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, thank you so much, Dave. I really appreciate this. I had a lot of fun. You're we'll very do. knowledgeable. And um, I'll, um, it'll be out on Sunday. And, um, okay. and I'll, we'll talk about that after. So you take care. Thanks again. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 